Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Dharma Digs podcast, a podcast in pursuit of purposeful living. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Winchester, and I'm grateful that you've decided to stop by and take a little bit of time once again out of your day to tune into this podcast, so thank you for being here. Today's conversation features a good friend of mine now by the name of David Lee Arrington, and Day Lee is what many people know him by here in Charlotte, and I've just been really grateful to have developed a relationship with Day Lee. He, um, he and I crossed paths when we were working on Confluence, which is a, uh, was a music festival and, and really more of an industry event at, at the Whitewater Center here outside of Charlotte a couple of years back. And I've followed along and stayed in touch, and he and I have, have kind of um, watched each other on different paths here in Charlotte and around the scene. And... I'm forever inspired by all the work he's doing. Daily is the co-founder and a co-owner of Hugh House, which is a creative agency here in Charlotte. Um, but he is also the co-founder of the Fair Play uh, Music Equity Initiative, which is um, something that has been really needed and necessary here in the market. And it's really cool to see all the work that both Day and all of his team members are doing there with Fair Play. Um, and to give you a little more background, of course, Day will, uh, you know, he'll share his side of this, but I'll tell you really quickly what the mission of Fair Play uh, is, and that is to advocate for a fair music ecosystem here in Charlotte by engaging venue owners, event producers, and organizations on the value of inclusivity in music. And that's something that I don't think gets talked about enough about how we can all come together as, a, as an inclusive uh, seen and really help lift Charlotte up on more of a national level. So it's it's really cool all the work he's doing, and I'm excited to share the story with you today. Um, a couple other, as I always do, th- throw these little show notes in. Uh, thanks to Leo Solis, as always, for lending me his music. Um, I appreciate you, Leo. Hope you're doing well. And for those that might be new uh, listeners to this podcast or viewers, if you're watching on YouTube, tap that subscribe button below if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is you're you're getting this, um, you know, drop a review and or follow and come find me on some social media platforms as well. Uh, you can follow along at Dharma Digs on Instagram and Facebook and uh, head over to the website dharmadigspodcast.com if you have any recommendations or suggestions for content or conversations you'd like to hear. So thanks again, everybody, for being here. Without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. And yeah, thanks for being here. Let's roll on into it. What's up, Dave? Welcome to uh, Dharma Dig's podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate being here. Yeah, it's good yeah, to catch yeah. up with you. I know. It's been way too long uh, since we've just talked in general. So I, as I mentioned before we got going here, I appreciate you, A, taking the time just to catch up, but B, uh, allowing me to turn this into a uh, conversation that we can share with the general public. So much, uh, much appreciated, man. Absolutely. They are welcome. <laughs> so uh, I gave a quick intro already, um, but why don't you just kind of fill everybody in from your perspective on, you know, what what is the life and daily like these days and what you're up to? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we're in COVID time, so all of life, or at least the majority of it happens at home. And sadly, a lot of it happens in this room. Um, so 
from family, married life, to uh, work, to music, to all the things I have my hands in, um, sadly. It all happens in one place right now. <laughs> um, but thankfully, I am able to be a part of some pretty dope stuff, man. From Fair Play Music Equity Initiative to Hugh House, um, creative agency I own with a, with a couple partners. To, um, I mean, honestly, even thinking about the difficult aspects, even being able to school my girls from home, which, you know, isn't my favorite, but being present with them and them being healthy and the family being healthy, man, is all something to be thankful for. So um, that's what a day in the life of daily is looking about like right now, man. Nice. It's all layered and stacked on top of each other in this house, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know it's the times are strange and uh, it feels it's like thinking back over the last year, how quickly it passed, it came and went, but at the same time, it feels like this whole COVID pandemic has been like years now. So I know we're all itching to get back to whatever the new normal is going to be after this. But um, yeah, you mentioned uh, obviously fair play and I, that's kind of what prompted my re outreach uh, a few weeks ago is really to get, just catch up with you and see what's going on with fair play. And we'll talk a little bit about Hugh house as well, but um, I'd love to hear what you've got going on and maybe what's new over in the world of fair play as well. Gotcha. Um, so, well, for those who don't know, fair play music equity initiative, um, where we have a founding team of nine individuals and kind of the birth of it was out of, um, music everywhere conversations, which is an initiative here in Charlotte to pretty much, uh, how would I say cultivate, build and sustain a thriving music community here, <clears throat> which has involvement on the city level and, you know, all the ivory towers uptown, you know what I mean? Has a lot of involved voices in it that are, again, invested in making our music community one that is dope and thriving. So out of those conversations that I was invited into, um, just realized that, um, Again, there were not as many black and brown voices. There were not as many women. Um, diversity of, how would I say, taste um, in the room. So based on that and just how I'm kind of built is like, you know, yes, we can call out the elephant in the room, but at the same time, I'm always trying to be solutions minded to offer, okay, what can be done about it? So out of that conversation, pretty much I, was in a mindset of okay let me let me call up my diversity of friends you know again across race across culture across genre across discipline and just for the sake of having a what i say a round table of diversity being able to speak into initiatives like music everywhere would give them the opportunity and the chance of really fully i would say serving the entire community um you know, we're talking about music everywhere, we're talking about everywhere in Charlotte, it we, it doesn't look the same, you know what I mean? If you go everywhere, it doesn't sound the same. Um, so that was how Fair Play was born, and we're all about envisioning an equitable and a fair music community here in Charlotte. Um, a lot of what we do revolves around music programming, um, whether it's with the Whitewater Center and Confluence, um, or whether it's with um, some exciting stuff we're working on with WDAV. I think 
the biggest thing we lend to the community is just an awareness. Um, and I think a lot of times we see what we see and the lack of diversity because we live in our silos and we just don't know what we don't know, which again is just, I think, natural to <laughs> who we are as Americans. Let's put it that way. Um, but sadly it's the case. So that is kind of core to who we are. Um, is again the people that have a voice and speak into things and can speak into what programming looks here in Charlotte as well as explore the ideas that come from diverse minds um, that you know just aren't producing an echo chamber so um, so yeah that's who fair play is and that's kind of the things that we're embarking on but we are our mind is set on being a resource to anyone who's doing anything musically in the city who has a heart for togetherness and true community across all the dividing lines yeah i love it um and i think you and i really got introduced or, or kind of came into conversation ourselves maybe right before you fully uh fleshed out the fair play uh group i believe and um you know I'm, I'm grateful that sarah introduced us and and um you know it's it's been uh awesome to kind of follow along with what you've been working on, but also just to engage in conversation with you as well. And, you know, you've been a great resource, especially Confluence when we were working with the Whitewater Center on producing that, um, to truly do exactly what you're talking about, because, um, it is a shame that, that we as Americans tend to kind of stay in our, in our lane, I guess, when it comes to, uh, crossing cultures and, and specifically within the music realm. Um, it's been awesome to see all the stuff that you've been involved with. And really I, what I, what I love about it is that you, you know, you come at it, not necessarily with a, um, not in a negative approach or saying y'all aren't doing it right, but more so of like, what can I bring to the table and let's actually, let's actually do something that makes a difference. And so sure. I, I applaud those efforts and, and all that you do. So, um, yeah, and, and I mean, even to that point, man, it's uh, the first thing I was thinking about mentioning was the fact that a lot of who we are and how we exist are things that we inherit from those who came before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and again, we, we all do have a choice of what we're going to perpetuate or what we're going to change. But again, to a great degree, these are things we inherited that we didn't create. But again, we have the choice of what are we going to decide are our contribution will be to the continuance of that or deterring from what has become the norm. Um, and for me, just my, I guess, disposition in all of it is, again, I see myself as a bridge builder. Um, that's who I am. And a lot of that, of, of the why with that, I, in, in some ways, I, I say I stumbled into, but again, there's choices in that stumbling. Um, but if I quickly describe my own personal journey is is like I, it's a tale of two lives of daily just like the tale of two cities for charlotte is like i was born and raised norfolk virginia um in a city downtown area black community low income um and the things that may typically come with that and halfway through my life you know 19 years old picked me up and dropped me in South Charlotte in a cul-de-sac in Ballantyne. So again, from the corner to the cul-de-sac is the way I put it. And again, you can hopefully put all those dots together of just the culture shift, the 
the shift of, you know, dominant race in the environment in which you exist, you know, social economic dynamics at play is just a, pretty much a 180, flipping of the coin for me. And, um, I mean, it was definitely challenging, but also just definitely in retrospect is I'm thankful for it because I had the opportunity to, uh, how would I say, move beyond my silo um, and enter into another silo, but also be able to experience the value because, again, I take much pride in where I'm from, my family, my friends, my neighborhood, my city. Um, but being exposed to difference in such a way and to be able to build authentic relationships and honestly come to value people and not, how would I say, uh, categorize or box people in was an opportunity for me to, <clears throat> again, have investment and possess value on two sides of the track or two sides of the fence and desire to, man, I wish others had that opportunity, which again, motivates me to be a bridge builder. And again, and a lot that keeps us distance is, is driven by bias. It's driven by things we think we know, but we don't, you know what I mean? Is is not driven by truth yeah. most of the time. So being able to be, whether it's forced into being able to enter into different spaces. And again, I would say for the sake of not trying to change people, but being open to how you can be changed perspective wise and life wise was again, it was, it was life changing for me. Um, and also when I tell people this story and definitely with students, <clears throat> and I think just in general in society is the idea of giving a hand to a black man. You know what I mean? Let me help you up out of the trenches type deal. And it's like, yo, yeah, there are disadvantages. Um, there is inequity. That is reality. But what I say is what you or what the general public um, sees as a disadvantage for people of color or black individuals. I also see as you as a white person are missing out, you know what I mean? On the benefit of being in community with others. It may look different. It may not be money, but from a cultural perspective, from a, um, how would I say, a, a internal values perspective, like, yeah, you're missing out on it too. You know what I mean? So this isn't a one-way street. This isn't give a hand to a black man type thing. It's like, nah. You need a hand as well, and you not being in community with others, you're a disadvantage, just as disadvantaged as I am, just in differing ways. Yeah. Well, and you, a couple of terms that really stick out to me is, is that are key in all of this is the awareness, you know, and, um, you know, recognizing that within yourself and, and the, the struggles or challenges or just whatever life experiences you've, you've, uh, encountered <clears throat> finding the awareness, uh, the self-awareness within those to to make the choices moving forward to uh i don't want to say better your situation but really just make a difference within the things that you do and apply those things that that have uh, influenced you based on your experience into uh the, the current structures of whatever it is you're working on you know and um you've touched on it a little bit and i always ask folks in this this kind of first segment is because the the kind of premise of the podcast is really defining or trying to uh share with others how you define a sense of purpose within what you do and you know I, that that's tough to to nail down for you i'm sure because you were involved in so many different um 
really kind of mission-driven initiatives. So I, I don't know if you have a, a quick way of articulating that per se, but um, you know, I'd love to just just hear yeah, your thoughts on that. I think I do. And again, I'll, I'll start by landing on again. The purpose of me is is being a bridge builder um, and building bridges, and honestly equipping others to do the same. Because I don't think it's one bridge and everybody crosses. Like, no, we are all meant to fill in the gaps and build bridges between people. Um, but also, what kind of grounds me is the reality that innately every human being is valuable. Um, point blank period and <laughs> the value of human life and of people in general um, and honestly that is despite again what your race is what your culture what your history of origin is what your belief is who you voted for don't even convolute the conversation with that it's like no innately Every human being is valuable um, and I believe created in the image of God. And if we just stop there, it's like, OK, I start to question myself and I will question others. And do you believe that in how you treat other people? Yeah. Because I believe how you treat other people will tell me if you believe that. Yeah. So if you don't val if I don't value you, you know, what I mean, how we engage will reflect that, you know, what I mean, how I stand up for you will reflect that. How I care for you or people like you will reflect how I see you and your value. And again, let's go around the table, regardless of who you are. I think to me, that is the core question. So for me, just from a, a vision perspective, a values perspective, it's all very much ingrained into the valuing of human beings. Um, and the innate value to have that isn't something that could be that, that could be uh, how would I say earned or deserved. If you do X Y Z, your value is like no. If you if you have a if you are an entrepreneur and you have you revenue X, it's like nah. It's, you yeah. ain't got to get to that. It's just you as a life are valuable. So for me, that that's what grounds me. Um, and knowing just the context in which we live in, which is very segregated and devaluing of others. I know that, again, that necessitates me being a bridge builder and helping people uh, peel back the layers on their own perspectives to be able to see that value in others. Yeah, I love that because I, I, I think regardless of, of, you know, what background, religion, you know, spiritual beliefs you have, if you can take that very simple statement that you put, um, you know, in the and I, you'll have to, I, I don't remember it verbatim, but basically in, in the, uh, was it, say it again, in the eyes of God or in the... In oh, the, so just the fact that every human being is created in the image of God. Image of God, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I love that because I, I think that it doesn't matter what religion maybe you believe in, that should be something that everybody should consider because ultimately we're all, we all have this at least some sense of divinity within ourselves. And if you can't find that value for not only yourself as a human being, but the value that other human beings um, bring just from the fact that they are incarnated and in, in, in being right now, mm -hmm. um, it's so important. And, and I think, you know, it's easily uh, misconstrued or, and or just uh, forgotten too much in our society. So. Absolutely. And again, that's, uh, what is it like again for fair play and for Hugh House and just anything that I do? Um, it's it's rooted in that value and it's 
directly opposing our existence um, in a lot of ways to where there because and I'll, I'll also say this the root of it I believe is a devaluing of self yeah because it's like when you don't value yourself you look to others to nitpick and them apart so you feel a little bit better about yourself so it's like if you value yourself you don't have to do that whether again whether it's the skin color whether it's belief whether it's whatever it is you know your political stance when you value who you are and you're secure in that, you don't have to do that. You can actually pursue people in what I call a a genuine manner, you know what I mean? And in a manner that is not looking to judge or to scale someone um, based on what they produce, what they believe, what they do. So, um, so again, for me at the core, I believe that that is that is the intent yeah. for a human kind, you know what I mean? But obviously we're far off. But uh, again, I, I see my work um, as one, <laughs> as, as one that wants to extend patience, um, that wants to extend grace, knowing that, again, like I said up top to your question, a lot of these behaviors we've inherited in a lot of ways you know what i mean we've inherited these things and we have the opportunity to unlearn some things to change some things personally which i also believe once we change personally can affect the way we do things as a society as a system as a country xyz so yeah man yeah that's great i mean there's a quote uh, i'm going through this meditation program and it's you know, I feel like I've always come from a genuine place, but in, in a lot of ways, I'm also relearning so many things or, or maybe the way they describe it as remembering uh, because, you know, um, and, and one of the quotes that is in the curriculum is once you, if you can transform, once you transform yourself, you can transform by transforming yourself, you're tra you can transform others around you. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, it all starts with yourself and, and peeling back the layers of all of these things that we've learned or inherited and have kind of the experiences that have shaped us up to this, but sometimes you have to forget all of those things to remember really what, what we were born of, you know? Um, so Absolutely. That's good and that's that funny that taps into, and I, I feel like we're diverting maybe a little bit, yeah, but that's all right. that concept and, and that view taps into, um, again, we're in a, in some ways, thankfully, we're in a place right now where there's a lot of, racial awakening, if you want to call it that, um, just to the, the realities of the impact of race in, in America. And um, what I hear you say reminds me of the need and the value of systemic change um, and through policy, through legislation, um, <clears throat> but also what I believe the more important need is the valuing within the context of relationship um, and the importance of self and again individuals and others because and again I'm a very both and I believe both are necessary absolutely um, but at the same time I believe the systemic change policies legislation without being rooted in relationship um, by the individuals who are trying to enact those policies yeah will be either uh, shallow or will not last long um, because they're not rooted in that valuing of others and that understanding. And we, I think you said being able to produce something is like, yo, 
what I'll call it. We have the audacity to think that, yo, I don't understand what this looks like in my personal life, but I can do it for our society or right. for my company or my agency or my city. And it's like, yeah, there's a word for that. Yeah, yeah. There's for the, a word for those that, that are just but again, I'll, I'll I'll leave it at audacity. You, we have the audacity to think that we can produce something that we don't embody. Yeah, and I'll say for those that are are just listening to this podcast, you you should you should check out the YouTube version of this because you would have seen Day's face. When he when he stopped when he paused right there to to fully uh fully get the understanding of where he's coming from in this but no you're you're a hundred percent correct man I mean and it's so easy I think unfortunately for um for folks like myself included just to to carry on about our our day to day and not really stop and and um and truly contemplate the and you you mentioned the realities I mean I, I've I've touched on this on a couple of solo digs where it's just me and I'm not, I don't have a guest on here, but what I've come to, um, and again, you, you, you touched on this, we're diverting a little bit, but that's okay. Cause I love it. Um, but what I'm learning and figuring out and is that realities are different for everybody. And yeah, we have this, this piece of like a reality that we all live in, but the thing that I'm realizing and, and is that your reality is very different in a lot of ways from a day-to-day perspective than my reality. And that goes on and on and on for so many different people. And so, you know, it does come back to peeling the layers back for me and myself to truly understand and, and get back to realizing and remembering that we're all one. It doesn't matter what clothes we wear, what, um, you know, belief system or whatever, where we came from, but ultimately we all are part of this dance we call life. So how do we, you know, how do we uh, act on a daily basis and and uh, lead our lives to remember that? And, and also, to your point, is um, be that type of person, not just talk about it, you know? And, and that's what uh, sure. you do so so well, I think. I mean, it's it takes it takes time and effort and, and a lot of awareness, you know, a lot of awareness. So, uh, well, to get back to the conversation that we were talking about earlier, too, um, what's up with fair play? What you got going on? I know you can't spill too many beans on, on what you have with WDAV, but, um, are there any plans kind of assuming we come out of this, uh, quarantine life anytime soon or, uh, and, and, and I would add what is going on with the, um, the kind of quarterly mixers that you guys were hosting. Cause I met a lot of really cool yeah. people, uh, from those. Yeah. Um, again, you, you attended a number of the online, events we had once COVID hit with our music community hangs, um, as well as we started to do a Instagram live open mic, um, which again was dope to be able to, honestly, I feel like, well, I know for the open mics, being able to see artists that you just wouldn't have known about here in Charlotte and even artists outside of Charlotte that caught wind of it. Um, So our plans right now, man, honestly, I would say, we don't have too many when it comes to resurrecting the music community hangs because I'll say for me, one, I think there's an illusion that, oh, now that everybody's at home, they have more time and that's not the reality. <laughs> um, so just, it became kind of just from a bandwidth perspective, something we couldn't sustain in the way we feel like it needed to be. Uh, as well as again, people are zoomed out yeah. and it's like, ah, 
it, it, I feel like in a lot of ways it can begin to defeat the purpose. Right. And for us, the community hangs was about, yo, face to face and with people, you know what I mean? Having conversations and you can only do that with so much in a zoom room. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so as of now, we don't have any resurrection dates for, for those two things, but we are thankfully, um, still being engaged and engaging in some, some cool projects, one that I alluded to with WDAV, um, that honestly, you hear a lot more about probably within the next month. Um, if, but if I did give a teaser, it's, it's the idea of, and again, it's not a crazy idea that you never heard of, but what WDAV is in the process of is, I would say, taking baby steps to address the whiteness issue within classical music. Um, as well as very intentionally um, amplify the voices of black and brown artists in the community. So we're working with them um, on something that's that's pretty cool um, that I would say, not just musically, but just the presentation of it, um, I think is going to be dope. And even, I mean, this is in collaboration with Fair Play, um, but also uh, Hugh House is a big part of it as well in the presentation and nice. the, the branding of the initiative or the program, um, as well as the production of it. So we're, we're very excited about it, man. And, and we, we think it has has the legs to be something that's not just a one and done. So, awesome. um, so yeah, man, you definitely a lot more information about that um, without me fully letting it, the cat out of the bag. Um, coming in probably the next month. Um, cool. So excited about that. Other than that, uh, <clears throat> I would say right now, man, I think much like yourself, just being a part of a lot of conversations that are going on now, man. Yeah. And who knows where they're land, but I would say my hope is always that, how would I say, that we move beyond the conversations, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, we talked about that, but when things happen, whether it's, you know, Charlotte Shout Festival, whether it's, you know, some, I would say, beginning to have performances and, and, and I'll actually quick shout out to Blues, who's doing some dope stuff with the Blumenthal. I think, again, that's moving from talking about it to putting someone in position and giving them the power um, to to be able to actualize something so big shout out to my guy blues who's definitely on the ground and trying to how would i say open some new doors and create some new opportunities um for all of the music community um and creative community here in charlotte with the blumenthal so yeah. see you man That's cool. uh, i would say right now we're really focused on this wdav project um that will will be happening year long but you'll start to hear about in the next month or so. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited to hear. For those that aren't familiar with WDAV, as they uh, kind of alluded to, they are the Charlotte area region's um, classical music station, radio station. So um, that sounds like a really cool project. And I'm, uh, you know, anything that you're working on, I'm always excited to see what's going to come of it. So uh, that that's okay. great. Um, well, let's let's segue a little bit because I know we're all limited on time these days. And I want to, I definitely want to dig into segment two, um, which is where we, we dive into some some language and lyrics, perhaps with the, this conversation specifically. And I think your um, your experience is an, a perfect opportunity to kind of share more wisdom for others in uh, in, in um, 
digging into these these conversations. So I'm going to share this first quote, um, and, and most of the listeners know that segment two comes in where we we talk about. Well, I'll share some quotes, and then and then Day and I will kind of pick them apart a little bit. But um, I I pulled this first quote because just where we are in the moment with COVID and pandemic and uncertainty for so many. Um, so it's from Pema Chodron's book. Um, actually, I have it sitting right here, but it's called When Things Fall Apart. And she says, if there's any possibility for enlightenment, it's right now, not at some future time. Now is the time. What does it take to use the life we already have in order to make us wiser rather than more stuck? What is the source of wisdom at a personal and individual level? And for me, Day, that that um, I think I pulled that because I knew your story, I knew your background. Of course, I did some digging on the website and um, and and reminded myself of the story. But you know, you talked a, a little bit about kind of where you came from and combining those two different, very different experiences. But you know, I also see some of the stuff that you shared on social media, talking about looking back into the, your past, but really more so being aware of your present. So, you know, what are your thoughts when you hear that those quotes and and maybe how we can use that? all of those learned experiences, but more specifically use them in a wise way currently in this present moment. Sure. Uh, yeah, listen to you read that the main thing that came to mind was, <clears throat> I would say the humility that it takes to engage in that and even beyond humility or just a, as I feel like a facet of humility is, um, how would I say, a, a subservient positioning of oneself um, is the idea of, again, I believe very much um, knowing who you are, being secure in who you are is important in this, in this facet of things, but also that knowing yourself and being secure allows you to, how would I say, uh, lower yourself for the sake of um, not just learning, but also, I mean, learning, caring, uh, being empathetic, uh, and I would say ultimately, um, and again, it can, it can come off wrong in the context of this conversation, but it's, it is what it is, but serving one another, you know what I mean? It, it, it removes you from the perspective of serving self to serving others and the benefit, not just to others, but really the reality of it being beneficial to yourself as yep. well. So, um, I don't think that came across wrong at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what, what I'm hinging on here is again, that this the context and also what I just said applies to this as well is the context of knowing that, Historically, in the context of America, slavery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hundreds of years of slavery. Yeah. In, in being forced into servitude, right. um, followed by you know Jim Crow X Y Z fill in the blanks, and to have a conversation about servitude may not be the easiest conversation for everyone. You know what right. I mean? And taking that into consideration out of learning about others, out of being ready to care and empathetic towards where someone else is. So even in my saying that was it from the perspective of, yo, I know myself as well as others who struggle with the idea of why am I going to serve this other person, especially if you white? Right, you know right. I mean? Yeah. So 
again, just understanding the dynamics that are at play and also the context outside of the truth. You know what I mean? I think truth is true, but also the context in which you share it, how you share it is very important. Um, so that's that's why I bring that up. It's like, you know, I don't want it to come off insensitive or in the wrong way. And I think there is the way I put it, like there's understanding and then there's overstanding. I believe as an African-American or black American, um, again, my history as well as my family's history has been one of having to overstand. You know what I mean? Having to exist in a world that doesn't value me, that doesn't look like me, does not sound like me. Um, that is something that comes with, again, the inheritance of me being black. Right. For you, um, the reality is from a perspective um, standpoint, you don't understand things at that level because you've right. never had to because America has been, how would I say, uh, it's been created by those who have come before you and your lineage, you know what I mean? Therefore, it's easier for you to exist in it. There are things that come naturally to you because it comes from you and your family. Yeah. Um, but for, again, an African-American or a person of color, it's like, yo, every day I have to exist in a space that wasn't created by me, for me, and doesn't value me. And that's just a reality, and I have to maneuver. So it's not enough just to understand those things, but I have to understand how do I, how do I also develop and build within this context. So that's kind of why I brought that up. But also, again, within that framework, it the hope I think is to move us beyond ourselves and what's important to ourselves to understand and even understand that yo. If I care for that other person and I value them and I'm willing to humble myself, how I feel in this moment or the way I see things is not what's what's uh, centered right now. I'm centering. I'm choosing to center someone else in this moment. Um, so yeah. that's so a yeah, great. That's, that's what I meant, and that's I think that's very important to take into consideration because I think there's a lot of well-meaning white people who want to. <clears throat> engaged in this conversation and are engaging but again it's just a lot of what i call education and yeah. sitting back and sitting at the feet of others to receive what they've never had to consider in their life you know yeah. what i mean well that's a i mean you so this is a perfect example of that because as you kind of talked about that initially the serving of others that thought didn't even cross my mind as to why it might come across wrong but then you mm -hmm. just changed completely changed my perspective by sharing those things that i didn't even they were not even a, a forethought of mine so thank you for that first and foremost mm -hmm. um and then one more point on the whole the servitude side uh one of the in in the meditation practice there are four what we call soul questions and one of which is what is my purpose and when and, and that's kind of where the the podcast somewhat uh, originated actually the idea came before i even started this meditation training but the the question of what is my purpose it, it goes beyond just that framework of saying what what do i have that's unique to me that can allow me to better serve others and so it takes it into a different context that when I first started asking myself that I didn't think I didn't, I didn't contemplate it in the right way. And sure. I had to dig a little bit deeper to better understand even for myself, but like, what, what do I have that can 
allow me to actually be of service to others. And, and, yeah. um, you know, so it's again, peeling back those layers, man, you know? And that's, that's, that's dope. And I think that's something necessary that we all should make a recurring practice. Um, cause I think about, I would say I could probably think of maybe five periods in my life, four or five periods in my life where that was, it was a very specific time where I had to do what I call assessing, um, assessing one, again, who I am, um, what I have and how it could be put to use. Mm -hmm. Um, in the context of time and period plays greatly into that. So the, the latter two instances for me in that was, um, the, the, the killing of Keith Lamont Scott. Mm. Um, and I'd already been again, how would I say, I guess another aspect of myself for those who know me or have read about me is, uh, and the way I sum it up is I've been the black rapper guy in white, yeah. white spaces for years. Yeah. And I've heard you say that a time or two. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, that again, that lended to conversations about why, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Um, why is this important to you? And, uh, so that's prior to the death of Keith Lamont Scott. And when, when that happened, I had to assess like, oh man, this is happening. And one, again, who am I? What do I have? And how could it be put to use in this context? And from there, I launched a, a speaking and a performance tour called uh, The Bridge, The Bridge Tour. And that was, it was mainly focused on, um, on students, middle high school. So there was a, I think it was maybe 14 dates I did and it was local. And I mean, in Mecklenburg County, what have you. And whether it was at schools, whether it was, was with youth groups and things of that nature to have the conversation of what's going on? Yeah. Why are we divided? Do we believe we're divided? What do we believe divides us? You know what I mean? Um, and why that was important, that assessment for me was like, yo, I already have relationships with all these white space leaders, you know what I mean? And again, they live in the same city I do and they know what's going on. And more than likely they want to have the conversation, but they probably don't know how. Right. So that was me saying, okay, this is how I could be of use mm. in having this conversation and help facilitate this conversation. Um, and following the conversation, it was a, again, a performance tour with a lot of these same groups where again, the messaging from songs, and I know you're gonna get into one of them, imagine was the theme to again, to drive home um, the fact that, okay, we see this uh, and we're talking about how can we fix it? You know what I mean? But rarely do we talk about why it is, what it is. Because again, before you you know, can provide a solution, an effective solution, you have to analyze what the problem is. You know what I mean? Yep. So. So yeah, that was that was then, and then uh, I mean, last year for me, um, the again the murder of George Floyd was another time of assessment. Like, all right, we're back here, let's assess. You know what I mean? Where are we? Who am I? What do I have? And how can it be leveraged to be a better benefit to the circumstances? And 
again, thankfully, in a lot of ways, it's just a continued progression. It's continu continued progression. So um, that led me to, again, take what I do with Fair Play, that much further, that much, fur that much further, what I do with Hugh House, that much further. What I've always done is daily, that much further into an extension, which is um, bridge building consulting. And in essence, what I assess is, okay, I've moved from these white-led spaces, which again, I'm still plugged into and involved in. And in the latter years, as you know, you know, whether it's leadership with Creative Mornings, whether it's, you know, um, working with the ASC, whether it's, you know, having relationships inside of Foundation for the Carolinas, um, being on the board of communities and schools, it's like, okay, I'm in different rooms now. What do these rooms need to be more effective when it comes to building bridge, bringing people together, and that's where the consultant came into play where legit if I boil it down, I I help I help those who have a hunger, and most of them are white leaders, you know what I mean? Um, in these organizations and these corporations that lead in our city, and I consult and coach them on how to leverage who they are to be bridge builders within their own again space of leadership. because um, again, I believe everybody can be. Um <laughs> but it takes a process of stepping outside of yourself, thinking of others, yeah. um, and honestly leveraging who you are for the sake of others. So, um, so yeah, man, that's, that's kind of, if you want to say the, the latest assessment and what came out of it was bridge building consulting, which again is just a, a continued extension of, yeah. okay, you bring me in to sing a song, you know what I mean? Or rap a song, you bring me into, or, or fair play into consult on programming all right, what does it look like for you not just to bring someone in to help you with something, but for you to learn to embody what you're asking us to do? Um, so, that's great. Yeah, man, that's, again, I know when on a slight tangent, but when you say that, it's like, yo, that I think that's so necessary. It's like, okay, what is it, what's going on? Who am I? What do I have? And how can it be used to mm -hmm. push things in the right direction? Yeah, intentionality and awareness, again, you know, is, is really important in all of that. So, well, you, you mentioned it. Let's let's go on to the uh, lyrics that were pulled from your song, Imagine. Did Imagine have Greg Cox in that one, too? Yep. Yeah, okay, cool. I, well, I'll probably won't get to the other, other lyric that I pulled, but uh, I'll read this one. This is from your song, Imagine, that was released in 2017, but didn't... Did you do this song acoustically with Jason Jett last year, too? Or was that a different... I did. Okay. I cool. did. So this song has a longer story, actually. Okay. It, um, I wrote this song originally uh when Trayvon Martin died oh wow and you you know that series is like one after another yeah. after another and again it was it was not that this was a new phenomenon it was the media's paying attention you know what I mean yeah. and they're covering this stuff so I wrote it originally then and then I revived it Keith Lamont Scott and then you know reproduced it again and, and added Greg Cox to it and um, this was, I think I released it in 2018. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll get to a world where you won't have to re-release re or reproduce this <laughs> song for any more reasons. But um, right. but here, here's the quote I pulled. And uh, I think this is the first line in the, in the song, actually. But imagine if we loved more than we hate and if we weren't judged by the skin on our face and care for the next man wasn't out of place because we all know one day we need that same grace. That's a hell of a line, man. Hey, tell it. Go ahead, flow that one more time. Uh, do you on, like man. that? Yeah. Come 
Uh, imagine, imagine, imagine if we love more than we hate. And go. if we weren't judged by the skin on our face and care for the next man wasn't out of place because we all knew one day we need that same grace. Yeah, much yeah, better than my flow. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost there, man. You know, the confidence you got to you got to yeah, increase yeah, yeah. your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, obviously, you just touched on it a little bit. But, you know, if you if you take the. Uh, the inspiration aside a little bit um as much as I, I don't want to do necessarily because i think it's is equally if not more so important than anything but just the if you weren't if you take it out of that context and just read it as a line and didn't know that it was inspired by um you know trayvon martin or keith lamont scott any of those folks it's still just such a powerful and profound line that is is so simple in so many ways but also so um so necessary and i feel like something that we we don't uh specifically as white people don't always embody that you know so i applaud the 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 line and that song and and actually listened to several of your tunes and really enjoyed all of them this was my first time diving into your music but um yeah i mean are there any any other background or thoughts on that other than kind of where you already shared or what you already shared regarding the inspiration Honestly, nah, man. Yeah. I feel like something I do as a communicator, songwriter, is I I try to strike a balance, let's put it that way, with the artistic side of it and like being super creative, but also just simplicity, yo. Yeah. It's like, just read it. Relatable, yeah. It, it, yeah. You, you ain't got to unpack it much. Yeah. Just yeah. read it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, again, it may mean something different to various people, but at the same time, just read it. It's simple. Yeah. Just listen to it. Um, it's not a mystery. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, there's not really much I can add to it other than I'm saying it. Yeah. Well, you, I didn't, I didn't pull this one. It was a little longer, but the the piece you wrote, I don't know if you'd call it a poem or what. Um, after I think it was after George Floyd last year that you shared on gotcha. Instagram was was dope as well and like. It's it sucks yeah. to say that it was dope because we sh I wish we lived in a world where we didn't need that type of um, poetry, yeah. profound poetry. But uh, it, it, at the same point in time, you remind me a lot, and and with specifically with your language and lyrics of a buddy. Not really, I was never great friends with him, but growing up with him, Daniel Watts, he went went to high school, middle school, high school together, played basketball together. Um, you should check him out. I tried to find he's he's on broadway and like he's up for a tony award and played ike turner in in broadway's uh ike and tina or whatever that was called but mm -hmm. his way with words you you the two of you would uh would have a hell of a time together <laughs> uh you know conversing <laughs> yep. because of that but um but I'll, I'll shoot you his stuff you should check him out because i think you would appreciate that as well um and i know we're pushing up on it timeline wise so let's jump into segment three real quick you already mentioned communities in school uh and I, I ask all of my guests that come on this, you know, what, what, um, it doesn't have to be a nonprofit or a mission based, but you know, what organization would you like to kind of bring a light to? Um, and you mentioned communities in school. I assume that that might be one that you would bring up, but, uh, go for it. Tell us either about that one or whatever maybe is on, on your mind these Got days. You. Got you. Um, hmm. Legit, uh, I know we didn't get much time to talk about Hugh House at all, yeah. so I, I'll use this opportunity to speak about yeah, it's perfect. Um, our community uh, community uh, activities, which fall under the block. Um, so yeah, you got something coming yeah, up. 
Right. Yeah. For those who don't know about Hugh House, we're a creative. Say it again. Well, I was saying the block. You have something coming up, but now that I say that, I don't know that that, that this is going to air by the time that 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 uh, upcoming program goes live. So. Got you. Yeah, actually, we we just had the block last night. Oh, that's um, okay. But uh, yeah, so Hugh House, in a nutshell, we're a creative agency. Um, we were launched in the midst of the uh, arts parks and recreation. Arts, parks, and recreation referendum, um, November 2019. And just, I mean, we had been in conversation probably for a year or so prior to that, just about the need and realizing that, again, there were some things of value in the community that supported creators and artists, but there was a lacking of, again, black, brown voices, organizations that were focused on supporting the specific needs of our community. So we launched our creative agency then, and our model is very much a social enterprise model. So um, our for-profit business is very much tied to our community activities. Um, and the block is kind of the umbrella for those things, which is a monthly event, also a uh, digital publication that revolves around black and brown artists and creative entrepreneur voices, stories, and what I would like to say very specifically, because I think Definitely in Charlotte, the arts can be seen as what well, falls into philanthropy realm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's nice. It's a hobby. We can throw some money over there if we want and feel like it. And we're very much laser focused on the fact that, okay, that's cool, but the creative industry is an industry. There's a thriving economic <laughs> ecosystem, which in the United States that revolves around arts and creatives. And in Charlotte, we are focused on um, informing, equipping, and empowering our community members to be an active part in developing that here in Charlotte, owning that here in Charlotte as it grows and thrives. So that is kind of our driving force. So legit, when it comes to that, I, I just, again, I want to shout out the block. Um, uh, as we're currently, we actually, phys we're physically sponsored by the Arts and Science Council. So any donations we receive are held by them um, and tax deductible. Uh, and that just helps push for those efforts of, again, informing, equipping, and empower, empowering specifically our black and brown artists and creative entrepreneurs in the city. So shout out to the black. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll link all of that, that stuff in the show notes, of course, and, uh, no. and we'll tag you on all the socials. But day, man, I really, really appreciate you all that you do. And I'm, I'm so, I feel so blessed to have been introduced to you and, and been able to, to carry on some conversations with you, man. So keep doing what you're doing. And uh, as I've said before, anything that I can do to help, let me know. Um, maybe once we get back to actually programming some live events and that I'm involved with, you know, we'll have an opportunity sure. to collaborate again for sure. But I appreciate Absolutely, you, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you. For Thank being you. Here. And yeah. I appreciate you. I'm proud of you, man, and the steps you're doing as well, man. So appreciate keep it, it up, homie. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Uh, be sure to go follow Daily, follow Hugh House, follow The Block. I don't know if you have a, uh, an Insta page or anything for The Block, but yep. follow all that it stuff. Is, uh, you can follow Hugh House at It's Hugh House. That's I-T-S-H-U-E, House. And you can follow The Block at It's, I-T-S, The Block, underscore. And then I-T-S, The Block, underscore. And then Fair Play CLT. Yep, Fair Play CLT. And what's your Instagram. handle? And all of them have websites. Yep. 
<laughs> as well. So fairplayclt.com or Instagram fairplayclt and it's hughhouse.com for hughhouse and it's theblock.com for the block. What about you personally? Do you care if people follow you? Uh, sure. Daily <laughs> D A E L E E music um, on all socials and my website is D A E hyphen L E E dot com. Sweet. Holla at me. Yeah, man. Yeah, everybody go follow Daily and, and keep up with all the cool stuff he's got going on. And uh, thanks for listening. Drop us a uh, like, comment, share, you know, subscribe, all that, all that jazz if you haven't already. But uh, appreciate y'all being here. And Daily, I appreciate you, man. Um, we'll catch y'all next time. Peace.